time to gather together. Hi there, I'm Yelta, and I'll be buying the first round while we chat about Final Fantasy XIV. This is episode 231. Pull up a chair and join us. On the menu tonight, sad news about the voice of Edmond de Fortan, regarding changes in congested preferred worlds, removal of belts in patch 6.0, new optional item available, Tales from the Twilight, Hironobu Sakaguchi and Yoshi P. Special talk at Tokyo Game Show 2021 online is soon. We have changes to the high quality items in patch 6.0 info. Letter from the Producer Live Part 66 Digest has been released. And what is the Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker Media Tour and when will info be released? We also have developer's blog, fan comments. But first, let's shoot the shit. What has been going on? Hey, Ruby. Hey, Kiriri. Hello, hello. Yo. Hello. It's another week. Let's see. Ruby, how you doing? And uh, what you been up to? I am great. I uh, hope y'all are doing well. Hope all of our listeners are doing well. It's been a good couple of weeks. Um, played a little more than I had been, I think, previous episode. So uh, just kind of slowly getting back in. Again, work-related-wise, it's my busy season, so I uh, I work a lot of weekends in the month of October, late September, all through October. It slows down for me again in November, but it kind of keeps me for my weekend play, so I don't get a, get to do that a whole lot, and uh, most of my play comes between like 9 and 11 p.m. on weekdays, so that's really what I've been doing, just kind of some easy stuff, uh, roulettes and, and that kind of thing. But I've been focusing on low-level jobs. I, I just wanted to get um, some melee jobs up, some some roles that I really don't have and I really don't play. And partially, I want to uh, lean into Reaper. Not hardcore, you know. It'll be down the down the list for me. But I wanted to get Dragoon going, so I had a good idea of how a job like that might feel. So I've been leveling Dragoon. I uh, got it up to fifty-seven. Uh, been loving it. Again, I talked about like how the quests are kind of weird. Well, the Heavensward set aren't really so bad because there's less Estinian and more of that, that other lady. But um, so far, so good. I'm enjoying it. Um, I was out leveling Dragoon the other day, and I got a message. I got a tell, and I want to give a shout-out to Quinn Lioncourt, who uh, tapped me while I was out uh, in uh, Sea of Clouds or something like that. And we talked for quite a bit about um, Endwalker hype, uh, about Reaper a little bit. Um, Quinn drives a truck and listens to us on the road, so uh, good trucking out there. Thanks for listening. Um, so that was cool, and um, got some levels while I was out there doing Fates. I take it into dungeons, and I take it into the Alliance roulettes, and I take it into uh, a little bit of other content, and it's really kind of opened... Uh, open some stuff up for me because I don't typically run the Alliance content. Um, some of them I just don't want to slog through. So now that I've been leveling um, a job that's in the 50s, uh, I've been getting like Labyrinth of the Ancients. And maybe that's what I'd be getting anyway, but I've been getting Labyrinth of the Ancients a lot. And it's actually really fun on a, on a job that you're learning. Um, it's cool to do some Dragoon backflips and get out of the flare mechanic <laughs> um, on that last boss fight. So I've been having a lot of fun with that, um, and uh, I've been getting uh, stuff for, for future relics so that when my dragoon gets up to snuff, I can get I can get its relic. 
So that's been fun. Um, and, and that's also partially I'm leveling um, with my wife. She's been leveling Astrologian. And uh, once I was behind, now I'm too far ahead. So I jumped <laughs> So I jumped onto Warrior. Um, and not that I'm like a pro tank or anything. I just wanted to, uh, again, get some of these low-level jobs up. So I, uh, I forgot all about uh, the squadrons, that they can run some dungeons. And uh, I ran uh, Brave Flocks. And I got a shit ton of experience by doing oh, that. Fun. I think I went from like thirty three to thirty five, like real fast on on Warrior. Um, doing that, I, it's not that I've got tank anxiety. I just wanted to uh, kind of remember how to play that uh, before I played with other people. So that was a, a nice little thing. I wish they were more intuitive. I wish those squadrons were a little more intuitive. The trusts are a little better. They're not greatly better, but at least you're not like constantly telling them. Attack this mob. Go attack this. Go attack this one. I mean, the healer really is like, and I know they ain't DPSing, but they're really like, I'm going to wait till you get to about 100 HP. Oh, no. Before I drop a cure (laughs) two on you. It's really spooky. Um, So uh, I had a lot of fun doing that. I think I ran uh, Brave Lux twice. uh, And and that was, uh, it was fun to use those guys again. They They got a couple of level ups. Uh, do those dudes work your work your squadron if you got them get those extra XP bu- uh, buffs? I know we as a free company have been working on our XP buffs. Um, I think I've got one that I got to pull out of the um, that little chest that charges. Oh, yeah, the little grade thing, right? Ethereal charger yep, thing. Yep, yeah, yeah. I got to pull one out of that and stick another one in there so we can have our level three experience buff. I thought about that a little bit. I was running these dungeons. You know, they they said some of these dungeons, I don't know if it was all of them, but when we get to Endwalker, we'll give the experience at the end of the dungeon, not per mob. And I was thinking, what's the point of those experience scrolls if you're not getting XP per mob? You know, that's something to think about. So um, I'm still farming them up anyway. I uh, I think they'll be useful in, in some content. It may not be all dungeons that that, that, that affects. So... Uh, still farming up stuff. I urge you to as well, and just get in preparation for Endwalker. We are, um, and we as a podcast are. One thing I wanted to mention that I that I've been working on behind the scenes as well is that uh, our YouTube channel. If you are not subscribed to the Gather Together YouTube channel, uh, you're not missing much. But slowly but surely, uh, it's filling up. So uh, we've been putting uh, our backlog of episodes up on our YouTube channel. And I don't have it in front of me. Just search for the GT FFXIV YouTube. Um, and so we've got all the Stormblood stuff up there now. Uh, sorry, the uh, Shadowbringer stuff up there now. I'm working on Stormblood now, then Heaven's Word. Uh, we do have, I think, our 14 or 15 first episodes during A Realm Reborn uh, up there. So you can check out our full history. Uh, we will be putting the, the new episodes up. So hopefully this one will go up uh, in a timely manner. And... Uh, Thanks for listening. Sub, like, smash that like button, subscribe, yada, yada. Notification bell. <laughs> All the notification bell. We've been here and our subscribers have been uh, getting uh, knocked off of the subscriber list. Hit that notification bell. Make sure that you are still subscribed to our channel. Uh, anyway, so all good stuff in the future. I'm excited for Endwalker. That was one thing that Quinn told me. He's like, I really love the hype that you guys have, uh, for Endwalker coming up. And I told him I get, I get Heaven's Word vibes. And I mean that on a level that, 
Um, I'm happy that uh, I'm getting to play with Kariri. And the last time we seriously played was in Heaven's Word. Um, uh, Other people who've been not playing as much are back to playing. And I just feel like that there's a a good vibe right now. So I'm ready to uh, ride the ship to the moon. Uh, So super excited about uh, what's coming up next. Uh, Yelta, tell us what you've been up to. Well, you missed one thing about Quint. Oh, what's that? They joined the free company. Oh, no shit, huh? I was not aware. (laughs) Yeah, I think think the day that they joined, I popped on and and, and you had put in the notes to mention Quinn, and I'm like, this Quinn? <laughs> <laughs> Did not know. Welcome, Quinn. Yeah. Uh, I have really kind of been playing other things. Um, there's not a whole lot in the game I want to do right now. I have been, I did, I did uh, run, I think in the last couple of weeks I've popped on and I ran a couple of things with Kariri. I think I did like Mentor Roulette a couple of times and did like some fishing. I've been working on my fishing achievements, which is thrilling. But you know, I, I do like to grind out everything. So so that's really about it. So I'm gonna just turn it right on over to Kariri. Oh, well, let's see. Yeah, pretty much everything Yelta did online. I was on voice chat with her the whole time. So it's been really fun even when it's been really chill and she's been fishing and I've been I'm getting so excited about the storyline, and so it's really nice going to Yelta and going, oh, this person just did this thing, and oh, it turned out that this person was this, and oh, they're still alive, roll my eyes, you know. So it's it's been great there. I did all of the content after Stormblood up to Shadowbringers, and then just the last couple of days I started on the Shadowbringers quest, so... Um, without being spoilery, I've gotten to the part I'm almost done with where it splits off into following one person and then following another person, um, a male and female. I've almost finished following them both. We're way, we're way past spoilers. We're way past spoilers. Yeah. (laughs) I'm not, but you guys are. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I was just thinking, I know it's been mentioned, we've got quite a few new listeners ourselves, so I, I don't know if how much to say or not say because they might not be as far you know as far as I am even but yeah um so I did a bunch of that and I'm still still slogging away at that I want to get that done obviously before the the you know expansion comes out so I want to be on the moon with the rest of you um I unlocked a ton of dungeons and raids and all of that extra shit. Any of those blue shields with the plus sign I've been picking up the last couple days just trying to get everything unlocked. I haven't gone into any of them, mind you, but I've gotten all of them unlocked so that if we feel like, you know, knocking some stuff out someday that I got them all lined up. And I could take a break from staring at the New World login screen (laughs) or queue. Then we could probably knock out all of them in less time they're probably yes yes so um i also unlocked mahjong i haven't played yet and i unlocked that fashion thingy and i haven't done it yet um i did that special crossover event and i did a tiny bit of decorating at yelta's house and grid and my latest obsession is chocobo racing and breeding i got my first chocobo to rank 40 I retired him, I bred him, and got my baby chocobo today, and I'm already at 38 again, because I just, I can't stop. I don't know why, but I can't stop. Yeah, it's, it's, I'm having fun, though. I'm having fun. I'm figuring it out. I'm remembering how it all works. 
I did pop my head into was it Verminion the other day, and that was that was oh, yeah. awful because I did not remember how to do anything. So, but I, I probably will play a little of that too. I don't know. I just had the golden saucer on my brain because you know Ruby was mentioning you got all the. Um, Epi- old episodes up or not all of them but you know you're start you're getting them all up there and i went back and listened to the first episode and the second episode and the first episode was the release of the gold saucer <laughs> so it was just like wow this takes me back so i had to go and oh, rem- yeah. remember all of this stuff and play all the mini games and do a couple of the what are the gates and roast you know race my chocobo and you know, just try all the things again because there have been some changes since I played. You know, they, they, they released a couple different games or different gates. Like there's one where you're in a little plane and you're shooting things down like a Disney ride. I, I Oh, yeah. That, that one I kind of enjoyed quite a bit. I hate that platform jumping one. That one is just awful. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, I've just been playing quite a bit. I've been doing... Storyline, trying to catch up there and trying to, you know, space it out nicely with silly fun stuff, too. So I also have mastered the glamour plates now. That one took me a little while, but I've got that all figured out. So I had to go (laughs) hunt down. I had to go repurchase three retainers that I had back when I originally played. So I now have five retainers that I don't need, but I had them because we didn't have armoires and we didn't have the glamour dresser and we didn't have any of that shit so i had to store all of it on these retainers so i had to repurchase them to get all my fun costumes back but now i got them and i got them stuck in the right places so now i get i got all sorts of i went and found my old halloween stuff and valentine stuff and christmas stuff and all the all the fun stuff i got little scion outfits and i got my little gridania uniform because i love gridania and I've just been going nuts. I'm, I, I could go on and on, but I will shut up here. But, but it's, been, it's been exciting. It's been fun. And doing the silly, lighthearted stuff as well as the main serious storyline has been just really great. Awesome. Uh, yeah, Lord of Verminion and, and, and the Mahjong are both kind of like hard to get into, I feel like. But I don't know. Yeah, it's got it's got quite a all right. It's got, Ver, Verminion at least has quite a tutorial because that's what I did. I tried one game and I'm just like, nope. And then I went back and did the tutorial again, and that started getting me going. But yeah, no, it's not the easiest game, and I would not recommend trying that without doing the tutorial. I find the controls funky. I understand the game mechanically how yes. it works, mm-hmm. but like, but mechanically I understand it, but I find it hard. To, it's clunky, to play, I guess. Yeah. All right. You can shoot the shit with us on the website, www.gtffxiv.com. While you're there, I don't know. What was I going to say? <laughs> All right. The first round is news. The first note is sad. Stephen Critchlow, voice of Final Fantasy XIV, Edmund de Horton, is dead at age 54. And. That's that sucks, man. We've lost a few voice actors through the years. Correct, and it does seem like it's Heaven's Word that has the the Act, most loss yeah. uh, of any of the expansions. So this is this is a sad thing. He's got other talents, and um, 
thank you to uh, Gamer Escape. Had a had a small article here that uh, says some of the some of the other work that the um, that Stephen Critchlow had done. Downton Abbey, Red Dwarf. I love Red Dwarf. I love Red Dwarf. Fifty four is is really very is. young. That's kind of disturbingly. I think young. it hit me a little. You know, I didn't know the guy or anything, obviously, but. It, I was just going through all of his content right right when he passed and like one day after I got this cut scene with him and, and it just he said and press onward we must. Farewell my friend. I pray our next meeting will be under happier circumstances. And that just kinda got me. Oh yeah. Well and he's like your dad through all Exactly. Of, through all of Heaven's or he's your dad. <laughs> so that's yeah. sad. We all kind of definitely, that. and there were lots of little candlelight vigils on a whole bunch of the different servers, and a lot of people were doing sort of demonstrations. Showing, you know, it was it was kind of it was very sweet. Kariri, not to you know stay on a sad topic here, but did you or were you were around when the the Father of Light stuff was coming on the TV show? There was a Final Fantasy fourteen show that that aired in Japan and. Um, it got uh, it got translated over here, but we, you could. Uh, it was it was about a, a boy and his father that were bonding together. I don't know anything about that over Final Fantasy fourteen. Oh, it's on Netflix. It's Dad, Dad of Light. Dad of Light. It, it was okay. really good. Yeah, Dad of Light. So, uh, also listener, if you've not heard of Dad of Light, go watch it. But we lost the uh, the father in that show. He died um, over the past uh, year or two years. Hmm. Um, so another another sad loss. But um, I knew you had been gone. Kariri, so I don't want you to miss out on uh, a really great show. Yeah, I Dad appreciate it. There was a movie too, but I, did we ever get a treatment of that over here? Uh, I don't know that we did. Did it ever get released over? Because there was a movie, mm-hmm. right? I'm not just losing my mind. Okay, okay. Yeah, they've made some interesting and cool media based on this game. All right, regarding changes in congested and preferred worlds, uh, they've they've swapped it all up. So previously, all worlds on the North American Data Center were designated as congested. But since they've had people create their characters on or change their home world, uh, they've uh, relieved some of the stress. So the North American Data Center are not all congested. So there's a whole list of, of where they are. So Japan's Data Center, they've changed some of them to preferred worlds, Atomos Belias, Gerudo Masmuzin, Remo and Unicorn, and some of them have changed to Standard World. North America, some of ours were changed to a standard world. None of ours are preferred. Is that correct? There's an image, actually. The, the image is actually better. There it is. There's a link to it. So it shows in real time uh, which ones are online, have maintenance. Uh, you can create characters on. You can't create characters on. So uh, Aether and Primal are all standard, and Crystal is preferred, it looks like. So... And I think that one changes, that's kind of, I think this one's in real time. So like if you can't create new characters during the day, sometimes at night you can. I think those will switch. So that's that's good. They kind of balance their worlds out pretty well. Have you ever played on a preferred world? The XP is insane. Hmm. I know the big news out of this was everybody wanted to be on Aether and Aether got locked down. So uh, the fact that Aether is even on standard, you might have to do one of them 3 a.m. make a character deals, but 
Uh, you can make one. <laughs> all right, then the removal of belts in patch 6.0. As we have all been told a few times now, belts are going away, and you're not going to be able to equip them or or obtain them or anything. They're going to put the armory, ch- armory chest slots to use for primary weapons and rings, so thank you for that. Uh, anything on your characters, retainers, mannequins are going to be removed, and all belt crafting recipes are going to be removed. And they're going to adjust some of the achievements that require a certain number of unique recipes completed, like crafting and, and equipped. They're, they're, they're going to adjust those to not take belts into consideration, so that's good. So unavailable after the release of 6.0, equipping a belt, obtaining a belt, using a belt that's Belt coffer, buying and selling belts, affixing materia to belts, materia extraction from belts, repairing belts, leave and supply mission turn-ins of belts, and crafting of belts. So, pretty much, coffers containing only belts can be sold to shop vendors. So, I think if you've got belts for sale and retainers, it looks like, you will have to remove them from the market because you can't sell them on the market board anymore. And you should, uh, if your belts are at 100 spirit bond, you should extract the materia before 6.0. And that's about it. Oh, and players, if you've got a leave that requires the submission of a belt, it'll change to a different item to be submitted in 6.0. So really, the only thing we have to do is remove materia from belts. Or no, we can still do that. Pretty much just if you've got anything 100%, 100% spirit bonded, that's really about it, yeah. right? There's nothing else we really have to do. So in, after 6.0, we can take out materia. We can do expert delivery turn-ins still. We can sell them to a shop vendor. We can desynthesize them, and we can just throw them away. So let's see. Belts after patch 6.0, although you can't equip them, they're not going to be removed from the game. And the following belts will be given to the Calamity Salvager and can be retrieved if you choose. So anything that you had equipped, anything that was in your armory chest, anything that's equipped by retainers, um, and then everybody should know where the Calamity Salvagers are in the three main buildings, uh, three main uh, city-states. And then, uh, as I've said before, the speed belt from Eureka Pagos is just going to be exchanged for a ring. So... That is good news. I was just thinking about your, uh, oh, what about your glamour chest? But you can't see belts anyway, so yeah. uh, doesn't, yeah. they never went in a glamour chest. <laughs> so belts are going away. We're going to get more ring and weapon slots, so that's good. New optional item is available. There's one. It is the emote pantomime. And no one asked for this, but it is kind of amazing. <laughs> I was uh, pleasantly surprised. It is $7, but uh, it is pretty cute. I wish it was persistent. Mm-hmm. I bought this when it came out and used it, and it just does the whole show once. It doesn't just keep repeating it. I kind of wished it would just do it over yeah. and over again. Yeah. But it's cute. I guess, uh, I don't know. It's. I, I think you could probably make some pretty cute. Uh, I've seen, we've seen, we were talking before that we started recording. Some people have done some pretty cute uh, videos uh, using some of the pantomime, you know, movements in different videos and like stuff. I see people doing them on edges of cliffs and doing them in silly places where it looks really fantastic or it makes them fall off something and they, they're 
character gets stuck somewhere. <laughs> so, yeah, it's been huh. really it's been really fun seeing what people are doing with this. All right. Oh, I got teased because there's a section where you like jump over an invisible wall. And I'm a Lalafell, so someone in the free company came over and they're like, I could step over that. Huh. that you know that <laughs> pretend wall your character's trying to jump over? I could just step over that. We have some tales from the Twilight, but uh, I apparently couldn't drag myself away to read any of these. <laughs> so I'm going to turn these over. Okay, who read her father's daughter? <laughs> Let's talk about it. I think Kariri and I both read. I, uh, I read it. All yeah. of these stories. Yeah, I read all yeah, of them. I, yep. Now you were saying earlier that this was your one of your favorites. I really of, enjoyed uh, it. I I I like Merle Webb though, and yeah, just the idea behind it, and you know the piracy aspect and the father daughter thing, and that she was basically you know the reason that. Well, Leviathan showed up and basically destroyed her father, turned her father, and that she and he had, like, battle to the death, you know? And that's how the whole story went down. It just, it was, it was just, it was really interesting to me to see a little bit more of her history. And yeah. I enjoyed it. And it's pirates, and I like pirates, so, <laughs> you know, yeah, oh, that's yeah. always going to be a win. I forgot I did read this one. Yeah, no, I liked, I forgot I did read, and you get some history of the other, there's, there's characters who make appearances in the story, and they, they're characters we know a bit about from playing the game, so that's yeah, always kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, and her, you know, her sidekick person is mentioned, you know, was it Lawrence? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's, it's just neat, and then, um, like how she, you know, teamed up with, with her father's, you know, not like biggest rival and that that's he gave her the two muskets that you know she hunted down her dad with so it was just it was there was some good details in there to make it interesting and i i enjoyed it thoroughly well i you know you're saying some stuff here and i'm like ooh 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 but i can't because there's stuff in the story you haven't even gotten to that really even makes this story pop yeah cuz we just we've recently seen some things in the storyline with Meryl Wood talking about her two guns. Um, obviously, if you have played before in the earlier stuff, you know that Mist Beard is somebody else now in the game, a very close advisor to Meryl Wood. And so, the, you know, this is like you're saying, this story is really neat because it kind of touches on multiple characters. It shows like that, to me, like a spider web of like how all these characters relate. Yeah. And then it's also I- badass because it's pirates. And, you know, you just touched on something that we talked about with one of the other stories that we'll get to in a second. But the way that they tied this into new and old and, you know, characters we've seen and characters who are not, you know, are different characters. They they did this in a way that was believable and kind of makes sense in the world. Whereas in one of the other stories, I just don't think it works. So, yeah, I thought they did a great job on this one. What about the speaking of which is that let's see which one is the one I'm thinking of set set with the set sun. with the sun yes yeah what did you think of that one Ruby yeah well here's here here we go I might and as well let us. you kind of <laughs> I, I I guess I did read more of them I might as well let you kind of carry on uh, Kariri because this is the story I think you're talking about with the the 
more unbelievable twist that the characters knew each other. Now, I I like this story for one aspect, and it was because of Yidda, the real Yidda, um, not the uh, lease turned into Yidda. Uh, and yeah. we get to see Yidda how she passes. However, you have this Fordola aspect of the story, which it's like, hey, we're going to make it all related that Yidda's death is going to be because of her defending Fordola. And this is kind of what you're talking about, where it's like, we're going to force a connection, or it felt more forced here than it did in the previous story. That's exactly right. It was like small, completely small world. It's like, that one was like almost unbelievably small world. At least the other characters, you could, I guess they, they... they had kind of a shared history. They kind of just like this one felt like it was like inserted. Yeah, I, I think know. I think Ruby's got it with the forced. You know, it just didn't feel natural. It didn't feel organic to the world. It's like we want to wrap up every loose end and we want to weave every single one of these things together, whether it works or not. And this just didn't work for me. I thought it was int- interesting. I agree that you know, seeing how seeing actual Ida and seeing actual Ida and why she you know, died. It was an interesting story to be told. I just, I don't know that Fordola being the cause of it or not really the cause of it, but being there to see it makes it a better or more believable or more interesting story. I, I, I felt like it was something that didn't really fit or didn't feel natural. That's all. And then we have True of Heart. This one I didn't read now that I'm looking at it. It's Gridania This one I read, yeah, (laughs) and I'm a grid girl, so I I had to read this one. And I actually kind of enjoyed this one because I I feel like Kani Senna is not real fleshed out. Yeah. Fleshed out. Like, everyone knows Raubon. Everyone knows, you know... You you know the leader of Ulda. You well, I know Robon's not, but Nanamo is. But the two of them together, you know, you kind of know them, and you get to know them, and you feel, unless it's just me, I don't know. You feel more intertwined in their lives than you do. They have with stronger personalities. I will definitely say that entirely. Yes. Well, yeah. And in game, they've told us their stories exactly. a bit more. So seeing a little bit of Connie's information, and you know, seeing her actually ask for help. And, you know, be at a loss and having trouble. And, you know, it was it was kind of filling out her character in a way that I think is what they mean for these to do. And and I, I enjoyed it. It, it wasn't it, it wasn't my favorite one. It wasn't my least favorite one. But I did enjoy the little story. What do you yeah, guys think? Basic. Yeah, yeah it's pretty mean, basic. It's pretty it's a pretty basic story. I mean, like I. I like where it's going. It's very Padjal. So, I mean, that's that's cool. I don't think we get enough of the Padjal lore. Mm-hmm. Um, but beyond that, it's just her going like, I can't hear the voice of the Twelves. Would, what do I do? Talk to my old mentor. And the time it took her to go to that, to go talk to her old mentor, all hell breaks loose. And then, you know, they figure they're going to all talk to the Twelves Wood together. And, and that's kind of it. Um <laughs> There's not really a whole lot to say. Is it kind of anticlimactic? It's a little anticlimactic. <laughs> I will say this, and we hadn't got to the last story yet, but I do feel like as these stories go, I don't think they're as good as the previous one. We've said that the burden of duty, the one we talked about last week, 
was really great. And then we like the Merrill Whip story. Set with the Sun has some elements. This one's got elements. And uh, we ain't got to the last one yet. It ain't my favorite. So it's like, I don't know if they ran out of steam like you were saying, Yelta. Like maybe they ran out of some ideas or something. But um, they're okay. They're okay with me. They just are not like swashbuckling tales of adventure. Well, didn't last year we have like a oh wow kind of well, one of them? All, At least one of them all, was like oh the, that uh, happened. Oh Paula Polita whatever where it's like oh. That's where that monster comes from. Oh shit! It was yes, dark. It yes. was very dark, and there was, was a couple that were like that. I think. I have um, to go so, back and read them. Yeah. No, yet. no, no. When not I finish, yet. for I, sure. I think you. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, because so I think I think last year's are spoilery, maybe to where you okay. are. I, okay. I think maybe I'm trying to remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's funny because I think I glanced at the the burden of duty, the story with uh, Hien and Yugiri. I think I glanced at that one. When I had started back right at the beginning, um, before the first podcast and, or, you know, first podcast that I was back on and I didn't get it. I I was like glancing over it and none of these meant anything to me. So I just stopped reading it, you know, and now I've gone back and read it and I'm like, oh my God, that's where he got Mm. his scars. And that's why she's so there with him and, you know, means so much to each other and, that's where how he started training with, you know, Gosetsu. And, and this story didn't feel forced. This is good storytelling. This is, you know, you know they already have these relationships. This is why they're deeper. This is, you know, and putting it in the context of, like, kids. I know you guys already talked about this, but this one I enjoyed a lot. So I just wanted to say it. Um, but, yeah, no, the, yeah, this one... Just here, seeing it through the eyes of kids trying to guess where he got all of his scars and stuff, it's just very, you can see it. You know, you can picture, you know, kids making up stories about, you know, great battles and bad things that could have happened and caused that. And it, it was just, it's, I thought this was good storytelling as opposed to, as Ruby mentioned, unfortunately, the last one in Empty Throne just did not hit the spot. It just missed. I felt like this one missed entirely. Like I got almost nothing out of this story. I don't know what what did what did you feel like for this one? The same. It was it was pretty lame in my opinion. Um, Emmerich's such a good character. I just felt like he wasn't. Maybe I skimmed it too much. Maybe I need to go back and read this. I just don't care about Atuiel. Um, I like Emmerich a lot. I just it, it didn't resonate with me. It really was me too, and I yeah I I really really enjoy his character, but I, I it it added nothing for me. It's like the whole thing. I don't know what story they were trying to tell with this. I really don't. I know it's called an empty throne, so you know what they might have just the whole thing was just think about where we've come from and where we're going, you know, now or something, but. I don't even know in the flashback what they're trying to tell us. I, I, I don't get it. As I'm re-skimming, I'm seeing some parts. It's like there's there's a couple of paragraphs of how there's a few p- people in the room and then they leave. And you scroll down a little more and then there's a few more people in the room and then they leave. And it's just like stand awkwardly and then leave. There's no intrigue here. We don't – this doesn't affect – you know what I mean? 
and some kid was going on about how great the archbishop is and it just it's not and and it made me kind of sad because like you said Amrick is a great character all right well let's talk about more happier things like the creator of final fantasy talking with yoshi p at tokyo game show in 2021 hey yeah hey so tokyo game show is uh friday it's tomorrow y'all it's tomorrow (laughs) so it's already happened by the time you listen to this um let's see five o'clock to 550 pdt so tomorrow evening you can watch the official broadcast. They're going to have live interpretation from Japanese to English, so that's good because that's really hard sometimes. <laughs> you have to go find a third party to like trans- translate for you. Hironobu Sakaguchi is going to talk to Yoshi P. And uh, oh, I like this though. This broadcast will not feature any new announcements regarding the Final Fantasy series. They're just going to sit down and talk about the appeal. A potential of At least RPG. they put that up front, so no one's showing up waiting to yeah, hear about matter. a third... Sub- well, you know, oh, it yeah. don't matter. They're still, they're still yeah. going to cry. Where's the <laughs> 16 news? There's like, they'll be like expecting the 14 trailer and 16 <laughs> news. Mm-hmm. And release dates for something else. We also have... Uh, so, uh, Sakaguchi's going to play Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, the first thing I heard about this was... Guys, the father of Final Fantasy can't buy the game. Uh-huh. He apparently was having a lot of Bought trouble. The wrong version. Yep. Twice, maybe? Bought the wrong version. Something like that. But apparently he did finally get in. He did uh he, he did uh log in, made a little a little Lalafell, right? Lalafell Master Race. Yes. Lalafell. A little blonde yep. Lalafell. People are <laughs> She's so cute. I I'm I'm interested to hear uh what they what they what they think of, of, well they were talking about some tweets so apparently uh Matsuno is having to communicate with him with say cuz Sakaguchi isn't familiar with MMO chat so their conversation And they is said it's even worse than that though cuz he was <laughs> oh, on the free trial he's playing yes. on the free trial <laughs> no oh so you can't you can't uh, do say party chat alliance chat no novice network and later someone posted about oh, his little no. lala fell with yellow eyeshadow cuz he did he posted a picture of his lala it's so cute <laughs> it's so cute oh but- I would it's love so awesome. to hear what he thinks of this it's game. So- I really would. And, you know, all yeah. the lore and all of the throwbacks to other Final Fantasy games. Mm-hmm. He made a Lalafell with yellow... I should have to go find the picture now. <laughs> yes, yes, he did. Yes. And he's adorable. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, and I'm, I'm just curious. How, how old is this guy? I mean, he's probably got to be years older than me, so... I'm always interested to hear when people older than me are playing MMOs. I, mean, I guess he's in his late 60s. Um, something like that. He's 58. He's 58? Oh, he's 58? He's no only way. 58. Okay. He's been cranking those uh, he's a young, Final Fantasy a young, games out when he was guy. in his early 20s or something. But <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, 1983. That's good stuff. He originally cool. started working for Square in 1983. Wow. Wow. Good stuff. Awesome. Well, I, I think a lot of people are just interested in this in general just because it's Sakaguchi. I mean, the father of Final Fantasy obviously mm-hmm. is playing Final Fantasy fourteen, which could be regarded as, you know, the salvation of the Final Fantasy franchise for what it was headed into 
uh, with 1.0. Mm-hmm. So seeing two masterminds, Yoshida and Sagaguchi, together uh, talking about you know what Final Fantasy means to people. RPGs. You know? yeah. So um, oh, I think I think that's great. I think it speaks volumes about the the culture within the Final Fantasy world. It's uh, I get like those. I'm getting the Doctor Who vibe. You know, you ever see those pictures of like all the old doctors hanging out with each other? Yes. Like it's like you're one of the club. You're part of the club now. You were an old doctor, and I see like these two great men hanging out with each other. Oh my gosh! Talking I gotta Final say, Fantasy. They, I just checked his Twitter feed, and he has a picture from today, so he is still playing, and he's got my chocobo <laughs> change clothes and take commemorative photo. <laughs> he's got so he got his chocobo. So that oh, I'm glad he's still playing enough and enjoying Aww. it enough. He's still posting about it. You know, was it days later, week? Three days ago, yeah. So three, four days nice. in, he's still he's still enjoying it, I guess. We have changes to high quality items in patch six point oh. This is the basically taking away all a whole bunch of high quality items, and it's uh, in order to reduce inventory bloat. I think we've talked about this before. Too. Came up in the live letter. Uh, yeah. You're not going to, yeah, yeah. So you know, botany, mining, and fishing items won't be high quality. Nothing that enemies drop is going to be high quality. Nothing you can get from tombstone and script exchange, and non-craftable materials obtained from certain contents. So uh, you can still get equipment and crafted items, including intermediary materials such as iron ingots. You will still be able to get high qualities of that. And then what will happen to the HQ stuff we have in our possession at 6.0? Let's see. It'll remain in players' inventories, and the HQ will be HQ in name only. It won't do anything or provide any bonuses. You can't buy or sell it. It's that kind of thing. So uh, what I would do, I wonder if you can still right-click on them and lower the quality. Yes, you can still do that. That's Okay. Okay. That's all I could think of because it's like if you, you might as well. I, I usually have a lot of high quality as well. I used to actually made a lot of money selling high quality stuff. But uh, in accordance to the above changes, botanist, miner, and fisher attributes and actions that affect gathering yield will be adjusted. In addition, question uh, quests, challenge log objectives, and achievements, which require HQ items will be gathered for completion, will be adjusted. I think there's also there's like also challenge log mm-hmm. items and some other stuff that are about you know high quality stuff. I'm sure they're going to change yeah. all of those. So I guess womp womp to my uh, money making <laughs> schemes early on in patch cycles. Yeah. It's uh it's wow. a big change. I've seen the doom and gloom over it. I uh, I also not not only do I harm myself mentally by going to the official forums, but I also go to Facebook comments at times, oh, and I, no. I read what people oh, have God. to say. Oh yeah, you want a real cesspool? Go to <laughs> Facebook comments. So uh, I, you know, I've seen a lot of doom and gloom around this, but I saw a lot of doom and gloom around when the cross world market thing happened, and it was going to destroy all the markets, and it did not happen. So <laughs> I don't think this is going to destroy market. Um, I think that you don't need high quality cinnamon. To make a level 80 or 90 item, um, it's not necessary. So this is going to help us out tremendously for um, item bloat, um, inventory bloat, and uh, with the other little inventory fixes that we're getting as well, uh, this should be a good thing. And uh, I only expect more inventory 
as thing things go. But this is one way to, I guess, fixing that spaghetti code, fixing fixing all the mistakes of the past. Well, maybe they should stop giving us all these giant item bloats for our, all of our relics oh and gosh. stuff. I'm talking the crafting and gathering ones specifically. Why do I have to have three different things that I, I don't know, that I have to buy with script? To, it's they they got to come up with a different plan for that kind of stuff. It's not that engaging. All right, letter from the producer live, part 66, Digest has been released. We've already talked about all of this, but it's all out there now on the official forums. All the videos and slides and whatnot. So if you missed it or if you just want to refresh it, it's all, it's all here to be perused. I've been loving um, all the other streamers and YouTube channels that do their live commentary on the job, the, the job action video. It's just fun to watch people's reaction to see new jobs or to see like um, – well, see the summoner changes. I kind of like watching those reactions. Uh, I don't know <laughs> if you guys have done that, but I watch a lot of so Asmongold's reactions. I think he must have pre-taped his because he had some reaction. He had a reaction to Scholar. I was like, do you know enough about Scholar to have this kind of reaction to it? Because he was like, mm. oh, what is this, a walking mage? You know, that kind of thing. Um, the, 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 the Scholar jokes have been – cracked for over the last couple of weeks um anyway i enjoy watching these reaction videos to the job action trailer because i like seeing the hype as we get into uh Endwalker. i'm glad somebody does because i just like nope <laughs> <laughs> they, like 10 of them come up a day and i'm like i don't care <laughs> but but uh, oversaturated with content there sis <laughs> oh it's just it's just like i don't need six videos a day on Oh my god, Summoner. <laughs> what I am interested in is this Endwalker Meteor Tour. And Gamerscape has a, what is we got here? An article. What is the Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker Meteor Tour and when will info be released? Well, I think I already knew the answer is the 13th, right? Did I win? <laughs> you win all the information of the Meteor Tour <laughs> when the 13th happens. <laughs> oh, so, uh. Let's just, I'm just going to read here. Earlier this week, the flood of creators and media, media outlets, ourselves included, being Gamerscape, were given the green light to let followers know that they had been invited to the Final Fantasy XIV Endwalker Media Tour. It's no secret that the game has seen an incredible surge in players and interest over the last several months, and we've seen more than a few people asking the question, what is the Media Tour? So let's see if we can help explain it. Traditionally, before an expansion release, Square Enix will invite both members of the media, as well as influencers like YouTubers, Twitch streamers, etc., to get hands-on with the new content prior to its release, as well as time to talk with the producer and director. This happens in Japan, Europe, and North America. Available content during the tour has previously included access to two new field areas, a new dungeon, as well as access to the new major hub, allowing attendees to explore never-before-seen corners of the game, while also being able to get hands-on with upcoming job adjustments and the new jobs for that expansion. In years past, attendees would be invited to a physical location which would be themed to a location from the upcoming expansion. For example, a Realm Reborn venue looked like Gordania, the Stormblood venue was Kugani-themed, and the Shadowbringers venue gave off some strong Yulmer vibes. This year, however, due to the ongoing pandemic, Square Enix has chosen to make the North American Media Tour a remote event meaning that attendees will be experiencing Endwalker from the safety of their homes. Now, with that out of the way, you're probably asking the Million Guild question, what will Gamerscape be covering and when will you be publishing it? 
We plan to do our best this year to cover things as we have previously. You can see our landing page of coverage from the Shatterbringers event. Here there's a link and some post links to get an idea of what we hope to do. Lastly, as per this developer's blog post, which talks about the Japan media tour, you can expect to see coverage from all media tour attendees on Wednesday, October 13th. Now, these are videos and things and, and articles I usually like to read because everybody kind of takes something different out right. of these. Yeah. You know, I, I, I really, I, I'm always excited to see and, and what, what different people notice that other people didn't notice. Yeah. Um, it seems like people's specialities come out um, on, on these things. And we've got a vast array of streamers and, and folks that are um, that are going to be doing the coverage for this. Obviously, we're not. So, but uh, in... Uh, it, <laughs> it's it, it's, fault, it's my you. fault. I forgot to uh, apply for uh, for the badge. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I forgot to ring the bell uh, and make that happen. Uh, no, we, we, when you go to something like this, it's a huge responsibility because you're getting a lot of info. And there's going to be people that go to this that maybe are some big-name streamers, and they're going to go and they're going to have just hype. And that's all well and good. Um, they're not going to know the right questions to ask. An outfit like Gamer Escape is going to be asking some hard-hitting questions um, about stuff. Not worse tacos? Yeah, hopefully. Um, and and then you're <laughs> also going to have people who write guides, um, who uh, do content that have to do with like rotations and things of that nature and have specialties that they're going to go in there going like, I'm walking out of here knowing the dragoon rotate the new dragoon rotation, or I know I'm walking out of here knowing the new mm-hmm. reaper or summoner rotation. Um, and they will have that info. So when you, when the 13th happens and you're able to look at uh, stuff for the media tour, you need to take a wide look because there's going to be people who cover stuff that other people aren't. Just because there's so much freaking info, uh, you, you kind of have to take a – kind of have a specialty when you when you uh, bring back the info. Unless you just like the straight-up hype and I'm sure there will be some big streamers that are just like, I saw some cool shit. I got this moon lamp. It's awesome. Play Endwalker. <laughs> I want to know the fucking summoner rotation. That's what I want to know. Uh, I, I want to know how things yeah. feel. Right, I want to hear like I want to hear like the music was awesome. How fast were those abilities coming out now? How did Paladin heal and how? Yeah, how fast were the heals? Armor is going to look like. I want my Mm -hmm. new set of armor and how cool I'm going to look. I want to know. I want little fluff things too. I want to know if there's going to be what are there mounts and minions? Are there new housing areas? Are there new what's you know the new city look like? And I yeah, I want to know. Obviously, everyone wants to know about the jobs and new abilities and, you know, that stuff. And that has to be covered and that's important. But I want the little details. I want the little fun. Little menus, quality of life stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The Aetherite crystals different. I mean, we've seen some of the Aetherite crystals. That's the other thing is like even, you know, where you have chocobo porters in, you know, in the other expansions, it's something other than chocobo. So what's this one going to be? Yeah, yeah exactly. Or, or, yeah. I look forward to it. October 13th not that not far away, I guess. <laughs> all right. All right, reminders. The Gather Together Sweet Dream contest has ended. It's too late. You can't send us your picture. 
Apparently people hate contests. No one wants this. <laughs> it's kind of weird. We, <laughs> or it was bad time. You know, we yeah. maybe already everyone. We already talked has about it. this. It's like, well, people are clearly listening to the podcast, so it's not like the message is getting out. No, we didn't make a big stink on Twitter about this contest or anything, but clearly you guys are hearing it. But clearly it's like you don't need the mounts to listen to our episode. So I guess we'll hold on to uh to the uh, Choka Choka Copa or whatever the hell it's called, uh, Minion Code or Mount Code, and then we've got another one. We've got the Black Chocobo, I believe, as well. Um, and we'll figure something else to uh, to do with it. I was thinking, like maybe we can put a code word in an episode, and if you respond to us with the code word, so like we'll kick it back like ninety style or something. You have to call us. Be the <laughs> The secret, the secret, yeah, the word, secret for the word. Week call us the ninth caller, hour. and um, we'll uh, we'll get you your prize, a thousand dollar gift certificate <laughs> to Kmart or something. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, what's on tap? We do have a developer's blog, and the Final Fantasy fifteen collab is back in black. So it's just basically talking about the. Uh, the Final Fantasy XV crossover event and the new seasonal event replay feature. So, uh, and uh, I, I, I didn't replay this because there was uh, I haven't done it on my alt, so I actually did it on an alt. So, if you've uh, if you if got questions on how that seasonal event replay feature would work, you can read this. Let's see. So, if you've completed all the quests already. You can uh, replay it again, but if you use the feature, you'll not be able to purchase or exchange quest-related items from the Ironworks hand or the recompense officers until each quest from the seasonal event has been completed. And there's three quests, so you have to make sure to set aside time to play all of them. And if the event ends before you complete the quests, you're not going to be able to exchange items related to those quests, even if you completed them prior to using the replay feature. So, uh... I would go, they've got a, for more details, go check the Nocturne for Heroes special site. So if you want to use the replay feature, I would go and double check that. This might be a dumb question, but you don't, you don't lose your your mount for doing that or something, huh? I don't, you know what? I don't know. I, I thought all the stuff that you can get from this event, you just get one time anyway, right? You, You can't like unique stuff. Not Well, you bought the car, right? You buy the car from the... Yeah, it's so I can't take that away, but I guess yeah. it would be the outfit. Like, the, don't you get like his clothes? Well, and the three scrolls. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you do get you get his you get some you get his pants and his shirt and his you get, gloves. Yeah, or you get the main slots. Yep. And then they also mentioned if you've never participated in the event, they highly encourage us to give it a try. So, uh, and uh, if you've completed it previously, you can also experience the amazing quest again. So check it out. And it uh, is running from Monday, September 13th till Monday, October 18th. And you start in Ulda and look for, I never know how to say her name, but Kif Jaka, Jaka, to start. I think we've covered this event before. Probably twice. Actually, I'm not sure I've ever noticed the how the stuff all looks dyed. It doesn't look too bad dyed. No. It's not my jam, but. The car annoys the fuck out of me. It does. I understand why it's there. I understand the idea. And it was even seeing it in the quest where it it did make sense, you know, in the little kind of quest thing, I suppose. But like, 
I just set foot in Shadowbringers for the first time. And I am still with, again, well, I'm stuck in the world. I can't even teleport yet because of where I am in the storyline. And I am like in this barren wasteland alone and, you know, disconnected from the world and some fucker rides by me in one of these cars and it just, it it just took car. me right out of it i'm like no what are you doing yeah. it was just it's a stupid little thing it was just you know I, no i know exactly what you mean though well i think they you know tried to make it fit into the world it it doesn't really it just looks so completely i mean I, you could like place you, there. it's like my immersion but <laughs> Seriously, my little immersion. Bit, a little <laughs> bit. You know, people mock mock us, but it does it does take you out of it. I have the same problem with a lot of the modern outfits too. And then the car looks even stranger when it's flying around. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just kind of yeah. bizarre. I mean, I get why they did it. I, I understand the crossover, and I know a lot of people love this stuff. But but yeah, the the car. I don't mind them carrying over hairstyles and some of the clothes even, but this is just. The car it's, itself is it's huge and jarring. Lot, man. <laughs> it's a lot. All right, let's take some shots. We have a tweet from Musafar. Oh, this is anonymous. Yeah. The real twist, Final Fantasy fourteen ending. Kariri, hold your ears. Hold I, your did, I your read ears. it. I didn't oh, understand it anyway. Okay. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. The real twist, Final Fantasy ending, would be the Warrior of Light going full quasi-Azim, blazing an impossible third path between Zodiac's fury and Hydaelyn's defense to honor the loss of the ancients by bringing their legacy. Hydaelyn and Zodiac together with the Sundered to stop the sound. (laughs) Tweet. What? I just wanted to be like, no. You know, when Anonymous shit posts, they typically... Oh, the right answer. And I saw this today, and I just had to post it because I would love for his shit post theory to be the actual correct ending to the thing. I don't know. When that moon passes in front of uh, Heidland, the earth in the background, it turns red and explodes. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. Unplug- you can unplug your ears now, Kariri. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, all right, we do have happy hour. We do have listener question and fan mail. Oh, this was my, this one was hilarious. Batar says on September 5th, you people have a delusional sense of what a clear party is. If it's not a cutting edge, highest end content, learning parties do not exist. There are only clear and farm. Stop embarrassing yourselves. <laughs> well, I'm not that embarrassed when I immediately after reading this. When I was next logged in, pulled it up, and there were uh, there were learning parties for Titania, which uh, that's bleeding edge there, Yelta. Oh yeah, bleeding edge. Uh, so I grabbed the free company, honestly, and uh, we went and helped her clear it. There's there's uh, there's uh, learning parties all over. If you click that, at least okay. But just to make clear, at least on Excalibur. In the primal data center. I can't speak for other data centers, but there are learning parties all the time. There's learning parties for like all the primals. There's learning parties for, I don't know, all sorts of stuff. All the different people, people do learning parties for level synced, eye level synced coil still. I was on earlier today. 
there were 118 different party, like different searches. A quarter of them were fucking learning parties. So I, I don't know what this person is talking about. I, I honestly wasn't even sure if it was just a troll or not. We, when we get comments, this is a comment that was left on our on our um, web page uh, on gtffxiv.com. Yeah. So um, those are usually like, um, hey, comrade, uh, by Gil or something like that. <laughs> I don't know. So um, – you know, it's just spam or whatever. So it was hard for me to tell at first. Now I read it and I was like, eh, let me get up out of my seat because I was, it was, this was, I think I saw this comment right after we recorded <laughs> last time. I got up and I went to my wife's computer and she was on and I saw, of course, four learning parties for like, I think it was E12S, which, I mean, I guess that came out in 5.4, but that's not really bleeding edge. I guess that's I guess? bleeding I edge. I don't know. But, it's kind of, you know, it's, ta- I don't it's know. end of show. Well, that's why my Titania was a, you know, and I see I see all the other EX primals in there. Uh, usually not like a Realm Reborn ones. A Realm Reborn ones, people don't do a whole lot. Or Let me tell you what I really, this is what I really think is happening here. Um this is uh, – if this is real, it's an individual who uh, joins clear parties and doesn't know the shit. Exactly. You you, uh, you, you embarrass, Vitar. Uh, you, you embarrass okay. yourself <laughs> when you join a, uh, a, a clear party and you don't know the uh, – you don't know what's going on. I think we, this was probably in, in relation to we, – we have a – almost a matrix, if you will, a rainbow of, uh, of colors that go from uh, this is learning content, this is clear content, this is – uh, farm content, uh, l- learning phase two, and we, it all. we even within our free company, this came up as an issue long, long time ago. Where uh, it's about expectations, and I will always go back to the biggest problem everybody has with this game is your expectations for what Yoshida wants this content to be is different than what you're expecting, and so therefore you have a problem with it. Uh, like dungeons, uh, some people expect to pull wall to wall, other people expect to learn when they're in a dungeon. The fact that you can marry these two things in the same kind of content is why you have post upon post upon post for the last eight years on the official forum on whether wall-to-wall pulls are correct or not. It will always be that way because dungeons are a cesspool and because you have different expectations of what's going on in that type of content. Everybody does. So when we were creating uh, farm parties or whatever we were doing, we were finding even within our own free company or when we added pugs or whatever else – that people had a different expectation, and you have to be very clear what the expectation is. If we are doing a clear party, we obviously know 90% or whatever of what that content is. We're not getting stuck on the first phase. You weren't doing a clear party for something in Alexander and getting stuck on Faust. It's just that that's not a clear. Right. That's not a clear. That's a learning party because somebody needs to learn how to do their rotation so we can fucking clear the, the DPS check so we can get to the other thing. It's not a clear party, and if somebody – Maybe yourself, Atar, is joining a clear party and you don't know your shit. You are the trap. You're the fucking trap. When they say it's a trap party, you're the trap. So so when we're saying, hey, there's this rainbow of learning versus clear versus whatever, it's a set the expectation. You can call it whatever you want. You can You can make up a word for it and call it whatever you want, but the definition needs to be the same. And the definition needs to be, hey, do you know up to X mechanic? If you don't, get the fuck out or go watch a video or whatever else that you need to do. If you do and you're confident and you think you can pass it, join in. That's what it is. And if you're bluffing and people are, are you know, you're getting your clear and maybe you don't know your rotation, Vatar, or you uh, uh, don't know the, the mechanics in a fight, Vatar, then 
you know, I'm glad that you managed to uh, bluff seven other people and get your win, whatever that is. But <laughs> well, that's that's what, my comment. Was it last week or the week before we were? What was it last week or the week before we were talking about how we had done some? It was a farm party. I can't remember. But it was very specific in the party finder description what strat we were using. And this person wouldn't, it's always a bad sign when they won't even stand on their spot. When you have to like split everyone yeah, into yeah. clock spots, clock spots or, and light parties. And they just, they're, and, and they just say, Oh, I've already cleared this. Okay. Yeah. And then we die four times and dissolve the party and kick, well, kick you. Honestly, we don't dissolve the party because you, Signed up for the party we set the rules for, and if you don't like that, then start right. Your own and that's exactly what I was going to say at the end of it. Is that like if Vitar is pro, right? Pro league, top all star, uh, get your game on. Yeah, hey, then then you you're not going to be in our group because we're you know little seven children learning. You don't want to be in our group. But if we set a party finder, number one, if we set a party finder, it says learning party. Well, you're. You obviously are wrong right here. Learning parties do exist. If I create a learning party, a learning party exists. Uh, <laughs> your argument is moot. But the the other would be if if the seven of us – and this almost goes back to that other shit we talked about last week. If the seven of us have the same expectation that we're all going to learn a certain mechanic and somebody joins in like Yelts is talking about and is like, I already know this mechanic. I'm not going to speak up. I'm not going to help. I'm just going to ridicule when we get to the thing and you can't get it. What are you doing here? Why are you in our party? You don't belong in this sense. If there's seven of us that are delusional and you as the paragon of sanity come in and start telling us we're crazy, you need to go. This is our asylum. Let us fucking be crazy. <laughs> it's not your party. We, go. We, we signed up for this <laughs> If we're going to be bad, seven bad people, then we need an eighth bad person. You're too good. So go. Bye. Well, and we, we even had to put it in, like, Novika's bosom welcome channel. I think we even talked in there a little bit about join read the content and stop making us look bad because <laughs> you know, stop joining parties you don't have no business in you know that kind of thing and we we i think we even went as far as to like describe the way most of us were you know slicing up types of parties about did you know and it's not the same all over and i'm sure it's very different in other servers and data centers disney arsenal does learning yeah. parties i wouldn't call that bleeding edge either you know so. this is true this is true Whatever. they do I don't know. I don't know. I'm not embarrassed because they exist on our server, so yeah, I guess have fun with that. If you're again, just right back to if you're joining, if you're joining a learning party, or if you're joining a clear party and you should be in a learning party, you're a shit. I'm sorry, but you are, and you don't deserve to be there, and you shouldn't be there, and you're screwing up everybody else's day. That's all. All right. Oh, okay. But then devil's advocate, Bell will do like these, these clear parties. And he, we know that like three of us don't know it, <laughs> but he could shut, he could yell stuff up. That's a little, di that's totally different. <laughs> but, but again, we signed up for that. Exactly. Oh, I think we call them rusty farms. That's what we usually put up. We actually, and actually that's spread. I have seen rusty farm up. That wasn't a Novika's bosom party. I'm That's kind I of mean, hilarious. At least you're setting the expectation. I mean, it's not like that there has to be three types of party learning clear and farm or five yeah, X maybe. types of party or whatever. 
But you can use, use your whatever words. you need <laughs> to get it emojis, whatever to get the point across that you know. As long what as that everyone is. is going into the experience knowing what they're getting into, you know, that is expectations. expectations. That's it. It's, we could say it over and over and over yeah. again. It doesn't get any less true. <laughs> All right, I think we're done here. I think it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can find links to all of our episodes and blog posts on our website, www.gtffxiv.com. While you're there, please leave us a comment, even if we disagree with you. And if you'd like to, you can support us by clicking the donation button. You can find us on Twitter at gtffxiv. Email us at gtffxiv at gmail.com. And please rate us. Uh, Ruby, personal plug. Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Rubicon Vale, R-U-B-I-C-O-N-V-A-L-E. And Kariri? Carrie Sumasu at um, K-H-A-R-I-I-S-U-M-A-S-U on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Yelta Sumasu, Y-E-L-T-A-S-U-M-A-S-U. As always, thanks for listening and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye.